Today, we're going to go over the guidelines for a graceful, ladylike entree into society. Make sure she's in the back for the group photo. Viola was facing a fate worse than death. Strict no ruffles policy. Until her twin brother Sebastian. Where are you going? London for a couple of weeks. What are you gonna do about school? I was kinda hoping you could help me with that. Showed her a way out. Could you just like pretend to be me? You want me to turn you into your brother? Nobody in Elyria has even met Sebastian. They wouldn't know the difference. Now she's headed to Elyria Academy. Let's go kick cow! Where the men have games and the women have attitude. Hey there, pretty lady. Girls with butts like mine do not talk to boys with faces like yours. Uh. What up? We're gonna be tight, bro. Seriously, how old are you? I uh, skipped a couple grades. <laughs> there is something odd about that new boy. You are so busted. But at this school, everyone's got a secret. Duke wants Olivia. Do you like cheese? Who wants Sebastian? Isn't he cute? How you doing, babe? Who is really Viola, whose brother is dating Monique. So she hates Olivia, who's dating Duke, to make Sebastian jealous. What does your heart tell you? Huh? I mean, which one would you rather see naked? Who is really Viola getting jealous because she wants Duke, who thinks she's a guy. Okay, okay. Uh -oh. And this is where it gets really complicated. Excuse me, doofus. Oh boy. Sexual tension, male-female dynamics, all part of the high school experience. Love is pain. I hate high school. Is it just me or does this soccer game have more nudity than most? This spring. I'm not really good at talking to girls. Why? You're hot. What? <clears throat> you know, you're an appealing guy. Man, guy, guy man. The secret is out. Amanda Bynes, Alex Breckenridge, Channing Tatum, Robert Hoffman, Vinnie Jones, Laura Ramsey, and David Cross. I got lady troubles. I got a lifetime of knowledge. She's the man. Oh! Oh, damn. Oh, right. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Amy Network. Let's find more from us. Check out the website at themainamy.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Main Amy. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hello, everyone. Quick question, because you guys have probably been to the beach more than i have because i'm not really a beach person that opening scene of this movie that we're going to talk about is there ever a beach that's like full of people playing soccer and volleyball at the same time like that just seemed way too busy i would pack up my things and go to another beach <laughs> yeah, I, I was soccer kids that seemed like a terrible beach i was hoping the, the camera would pan over and we would see camp crystal lake and it would just be a a, a slaughter would go on but you yeah know, you know that's not the the crossover this world was gonna was gonna get i guess no because that was that was my uh first thought about that i remember when i watched this for the first time i was like oh cool they make those little nets and you can play soccer on the beach and now as i've gotten older i'm like that would be just annoying why are all those kids playing soccer on the beach 
I've gotten old. <laughs> over the summer, I went to Ocean City, Maryland, and I brought my baseball glove. And I, I felt so self-conscious playing, like throwing the ball on the beach. And it was pretty much empty. There was yeah. very few people on there. But I just felt super self-conscious that the ball would get away. And then we would look like those jerks. Like, what are these guys doing throwing a baseball on the beach, you know? It's just ruining yeah. everyone's time. And, and I, I, I couldn't be comfortable and I couldn't have fun doing something that I've always enjoyed doing. So I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah, the, the last time I remember playing anything on the beach is when Aunt, you and I were on the windiest beach I've ever been on trying to throw a football to each other in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, I couldn't. I, maybe West Coast beaches are different. I don't know. I, I could not imagine playing a sport on an, on a Jersey Shore beat. Yeah. I don't know where this movie takes place because there's debutante balls. And for some reason, she has a Southern accent when she's a boy. So I assume this was the South. Maybe it's North gotta Carolina. Be. Yeah. So, yeah. But besides that, before we get into this week's movie, gentlemen, what have you watched this week? I've kicked off spooky season. I've, uh, I'm going full tilt now. Watched the 2018 halloween remake or it's not the remake right it's the sequel it's a sequel yeah sequel so i watched that not bad not not bad it, it definitely leaves me wanting to see the the halloween kills movie that comes out soon so sure. i'm sure we'll be checking that out i watched that started watching midnight mass on netflix mm-hmm. the same people who made haunting of hill house and the uh, bly manor yeah and it's good uh so far it's really good a friend at work recommended this to me and they told me that uh, Hamish Linklater is the MVP of this this uh, series. And I, I have to admit, pretty good. Uh, I, I think he has delivered a strong performance. Uh, so I would recommend checking it out. Is and Hamish Linklater the, the priest, the young priest? He is the priest, yes. He is very convincing. Hmm. He gives a, a few sermons that are... I'm not a religious person, but... You definitely feel as if this person doesn't think it's bullshit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very, very good stuff. And if you enjoyed the Bly Manor, if you enjoyed Haunting a Pill House, I, I like how each series so far has kind of focused on different aspects. This is more religion. And uh, I've mm-hmm. always kind of thought religion is a pretty fascinating thing. I'm not, again, I'm not super religious, but, you know, religion has kind of, it, it's moved the world, obviously. So, Seeing how they kind of dive into it, it's interesting. So I, I would absolutely recommend. It. Yeah, I've, I've watched two episodes, I think, so far, two or three, or two and a half, maybe. What do you it's think? Good. I, I like it so far. Yeah, he's really good. Hamish Linkletter from the New Adventures of Old Christine fame. Do you remember that show? <laughs> God no. I I know he was in The Big Short, wasn't he? I've I've never seen The Big Short. Okay. Yeah, but, that's what yeah. I know him from. I remember him being Julia Louis Dreyfus's brother. The sheriff, uh, Raul, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't really remember what his name is in the show. Yeah, in, in the show, I'm not sure, but his his real name is Raul, I think, right? I I don't know. I can't remember, but he is so good. He was in Some... Bly Manor, right? Correct. He was the, he was cook. the cook. Yeah. Yes. He he's very very good. He's a good actor. Uh, I I enjoy seeing him. And there, the, you know, with the whole Fantastic Four. Everyone's doing their fan casts. Someone mentioned having him be Mr. Fantastic. I'm like, man, you know what? Like, I could see that. I could see him being Mr. Fantastic. I would definitely enjoy seeing him in the uh, MCU. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's interesting. Interesting pick. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely outside of the box, and yeah. I I give people credit for that. 
Yeah, it's better than just hearing someone fan cast John Krasinski and Emily Blunt like they're the first person to think of it. Right. It, it, that's been that's a tale as old as time at yeah. this point. Uh, OK, yeah, that's one of the things I've, well, I've watched this week, too. But Mark, have you not watched anything? I'm going to ask that question now. <laughs> have you not watched anything? I've not watched the movie. The closest thing is I randomly watched a uh, hour long documentary on the deepest part of the ocean. So that's what? about all I watched. That's a thing. Yeah. It was a British thing from years ago about the Challenger Deep, which is the the lowest point of the ocean where they measured the seabed. It's a, it was really interesting. They were they uh, it was a Japanese vessel sent down like a mechanical thing, not an in-person submarine, and they like tied fish around the edges to see if it would attract anything. And they when they got down there they found maybe one fish but what they found was a bunch of like sea cucumbers like on the floor yeah and they were acting exactly like the ones at higher elevation so the what they were thinking was that what that tells is that there's actually a current on the floor because they were all facing the same direction you know Mm -hmm. letting the the food flow in so that was that was probably like one of the big discoveries there but it was pretty cool seeing you know, the really insane fish that are that are down that deep. And they brought a couple up and like all their to be able to survive the pressure, like all their skins like gelatinous and stuff like that, like their mm-hmm. muscles. Is that the blobfish? It's a monkfish or something it's called. Yeah. So yeah. It, it doesn't survive the pressure dropping like that, right? And then it, it, it kinda like melts. Yeah, as it comes up, it yeah. it it was it won't survive. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's meant to have all the water the pressure from being low in the water there so but it was really interesting i had watched a a a dumb little segment on giant bomb teaching one of the guys on there about the oceans and they mentioned this documentary on there and then i went to youtube and found it on there so it's pretty fun so glad other podcasts get you to watch things but not this one (laughs) (laughs) i technically watch one thing every week yeah that's true touche egg on my face Okay, as for me, I didn't watch much this week besides Midnight Mass. I am also in spooky season, but I really didn't get a chance to watch much this week. Besides, I watched Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, because I had it in my head that I had never seen Halloween 6. Spoiler alert, I have seen Halloween 6. (laughs) It's not good. It's got Paul Rudd in it, at least. That's not a spoiler alert for us. It's more for you, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I, uh, no, I'm <laughs> spoiling it for you guys that oh, I haven't seen, you it, have seen that it. That I have okay. seen it. Yeah, yeah, not good. Not that, good. Is that the one where they shot multiple endings? I don't remember. I don't remember the. Uh, that was the one that came out in like '95. Mm-hmm. They kill off Jamie like immediately. She has a child, okay. and it's the end of the Thorn trilogy. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they have the Thorn tattoo or like birthmark on his wrist or something like that yeah it's yeah, fucking I, stupid <laughs> it sounds stupid i i think i remember hearing they shot two different endings and neither of them were good yeah it's pretty bad this is like my, one of my least favorite of the halloweens mm-hmm. not including rob zombies because that's a whole nother shit sandwich i, I kind of miss where big stars got their start in terrible horror movies you don't see that anymore, really, right? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like a mainstream terrible Matthew McConaughey. I mean, that's that's 30 years ago. There are much more recent versions of that. I mean, look at Scream and I know what you did last summer. 
Those are po- that was those were post the Texas Chainsaw Massacre New Beginning or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anyone in like Urban Legend? Like Rebecca <laughs> Gayhart was in that. Oh, Jared Leto's in that, and he refuses to acknowledge its existence. That's, That's one of right. my favorite interviews that I saw. Yeah, because well, he he says he doesn't dick. remember it. Yeah, because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> I hope that happens to uh, Morbius. I hope that tanks so hard. He's like, yeah, I, I never did Morbius. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and that what a what an ingenious way to deflect because <laughs> you can't prove that someone doesn't remember something like yeah you were in it but like oh i don't remember doing it <laughs> the next interview you just show up with a uh, one of those wheel those those tvs from that you wheel school. in from high school and just the vhs <laughs> tape of urban legend and make him watch it that'd be hilarious like that's you look you do the whole leonardo dicaprio meme thing it's like look yeah. that's you yeah oh i would watch yeah i would love to see that happen and, and you know <laughs> knowing jared leto he would still double down on it. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, kind of looks like me. I see where you're coming from. That's not me. <laughs> yeah. But like even the Halloween, like Halloween H2O had Josh Hartman in it. And that was one of an early role for him. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Halloween Resurrection has Busta Rhymes. That's where everybody knows him from. That's true. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> he did nothing else in his career. No. Yeah. That's his only credit too, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I got this week. Okay. Not a huge week. I built a shelf today, this week. So nice. Yeah. Or like a well, TV this, TV center thing. This weekend was really busy. I mean, you know, we 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 had some get-togethers. We got to see each other in person. Yeah. Twice. Back to back days. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Like, remember those days, guys, where we actually saw each other more than once a week? Yeah. That was insane. Can't believe we did that. <laughs> I'm so I'm so tired. Live dangerously. Yeah, that was like Sunday was just like oof, man. I need to recover. I watched. I gotta watch terrible football. Oof, you know what? I instead of watching, on? I I don't get I don't get the Jets. I got Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati because as long perfect. as I've lived in Central and South Jersey, never will they ever let me miss a Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh game. <laughs> Every single year, I get it twice. It's the rivalry, man. I Everybody guess, but that. who not cares? Even the rivalry, not on this, not and definitely not on this side of the, of Pennsylvania, not this yeah. side of Harrisburg. Who gives a shit? But yeah. I, you know, I'm. I never lose my my uh, appetite for thirteen to six games because that's what <laughs> those games always wind up being. And and they're never and, and those games are never defensive games. You know what I mean? Like like oh, that was a defensive gem from both teams. No, it's just. Punt, punt, field goal, punt, yeah. interception, which leads to a field goal. Punt, and just throughout the entire thing, it's it's not good football from either team. And we, we always get the, uh, every year now, it's the Big Ben. He's over the hill. He, he looks done. Yeah, man, he's like 50. <laughs> yeah. So that's football talk this week. We're going to take a quick break. And you guys are going to list some ads so we can pay those bills. And we'll be right back. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends? Maybe a mystery? Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears. You can listen to these adventures in any order. Join us on an actual play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Fantasy, action, mystery, and friendship. 
And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was a poll result week. So this week we had a poll on our Twitter page where we decided to put three movies against each other. And this week's theme was back to school. So college or high school movies, we picked them and where they went up against each other. Mark, you picked Teen Witch. Yes. I picked He's All That, the brand new Netflix supposedly god-awful movie. And then Dan won this week with his picks. Dan, why don't you introduce this week's movie? Sure. I just want to say it feels good to be a winner finally. It's been so long since I've won anything. And thank you all for choosing my movie. Uh, This week, we watched She's the Man with Amanda Bynes from 2006. And this was a total panic pick. (laughs) Because <laughs> I didn't, I had no idea what was a good back to school movie. Like I, I didn't, I didn't think. Now that I thought about it, I was gonna do like uh, hardly waiting. But that I don't know if that's back to school. Right, that wouldn't count. It's what can't hardly, hardly wait? Can't hardly wait. Yes. Can't hardly wait. I wouldn't let you pick anyway. It's too good. It's too good. Well, it, you reminded me with the Trip McNeely gif. <laughs> <laughs> All the girls talk about you, really? Which ones? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, damn, I wish we had picked that. Uh, I've never seen this movie. I've never seen She's the Man. I had seen bits and pieces of it, mostly when, towards the end, when Amanda Bynes has to prove that she's a girl and she, she lifts up her, her shirt. I, I'd seen that online most of the time, which makes me sound super dirty now that I'm <laughs> saying that. <laughs> which and, website? Mr. Skin. No, it wasn't Mr. Skin. I just saw it on random, random things on Twitter and all that. It, I'm not making it sound any better, really. That's the that, that's a problem. But I've never seen this movie, and I was surprised to see that Channing Tatum was in it. Mm-hmm. I I thought his first movie was like Coach Carter. And I don't know. I don't. You know, not sure. But man, I'm really disappointed in this pick. Really? You know, I first I I was nervous that this was going to be very problematic. You know, 2006 was a different time, and mm-hmm. the way that things were portrayed, like, oh man, you know, how you know, and obviously Amanda Bynes had that stretch where she, you know, she was going through some issues. Like, all right, so we need to make sure we don't go into that. So there are some choices in this movie, man, that I don't know about, and it definitely doesn't hold up. Okay. Mark, where where are you coming from with? Yeah, so I've probably seen this movie back in the day more times than both of you, uh, which is probably twice. Yeah, so this was the era of movies where I would just get things from Netflix, and it would be anything that I thought had a uh, good-looking girl in it. I would watch, and at the time, I probably assumed that uh, Amanda Bynes and the other girl that plays Olivia were interesting enough in the trailer to watch. So my thoughts on it: it's a perfectly fine movie. I mean it. It does enough with the source material it comes from to stay as true as you can without being a period piece if you're trying to modernize it. I like the idea of revolving around sports. I think that's a that's a cool way to do it because it's a interesting way to do gender dynamics, at least, you know, in, in terms of back in, in 2006. So I, I think my, my favorite thing about this movie was just that it reminded me that there was a time when... There was nothing but Amanda Bynes movies that seemed to come out every six months to a year during this time period, maybe led to what happened later. I could watch this movie, you know, bits and pieces of it's on TV. I don't think I'll ever sit down and watch the full thing again, um, unless if my soccer loving niece finds it and goes, oh, it's a soccer movie and wants to watch it. But yeah, I had a, it was a fine time. I wasn't bored with it. 
I think some of the actors are very much of that time period, but you can tell that Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum sort of stand out from them in terms of, of acting talent, which is kind of saying something um, a little bit. But yeah, I'm surprised that Dan didn't like it as much as he did. But yeah, I, it's it's perfectly reasonable movie. Okay. Yeah. So Mark, you have watched this twice before That's And yeah, I haven't seen this ever. So definitely yeah. watched it more than either of us. Yeah. It's perfectly fine movie. Boringly fine. Yeah. I there's really not I don't really know much more than what I could pull out of it. It's not as problematic as it seems like it probably would have been. Yeah. There is some homophobic parts to it, but in line with what you would expect from 2006, there's nothing super offensive in it. Yeah. Yeah, and probably perfectly reasonable for 2006 teenage boys. Yeah, I mean, we've we've gone on record of saying that the mid 2000s was a hellscape. Yeah. So this is about where you would expect this to be. Yeah, yeah I I found myself I chuckled a couple times. Yeah, it was fine. I don't really I don't really know what I'm going to talk about on this episode, <laughs> except for her the actor that plays her brother. Is there something weird going on with his chin line? I, I felt like he was a little baby Robert Zadar going on. <laughs> Maybe he's not in it long enough for me to notice. Yeah, I know that outside. Obviously, you can't cast this way, but outside of the hair, there was nothing about that brother that would maybe even think he looked like Amanda Bynes. Yeah, especially when there's people that know him that are like, "Oh, you know, that must be Sebastian." Right. Well, the conceit is they look alike from from behind. I was just right. going to say that's how they get away with it in the first couple scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that one line? It's the thing I always say on this podcast when you're giving me a ridiculous concept. Just give me one line to explain it. Just that's all I need. Like, don't make the ridiculousness thing just like sit out there and me go. Well, they never explain it. Like, what? The the whole idea goes out the window once they turn around. Just because you look similar from the back, they don't look similar from the front. Right, but no one that sees her as Sebastian has ever seen Sebastian before. Yeah, people have seen her as Viola. And not as there. fake Sebastian. Channing Tatum sees her in the, the country fair. But yeah, and and all the time. Yeah, and all that. Yeah. And the whole time they're there, it's like, wait, you look familiar. They, right. So they he should have known immediately. Yeah. I, it, this movie. I don't know. How often do you, like, do you really think he is suspecting that the person that is his roommate is this girl? You know, there's there's that deniability. It was like, oh, that that that's ridiculous to even think about it. That obviously it's not. Like he might think of them as looking familiar and then, you know, if he got to put two and two together at some point. How when have you ever been in this situation where this happens to you in real life? Put it, put yourself in his shoes. How sure, many times sure. has this happened where it's like, oh yeah, my roommate who is supposed to be a guy is actually a girl and so, I should have known because I ran into them. I should have just automatically immediately said oh yeah no that's my roommate that when she's in girl form i think you you can he can justify as like oh yeah that that that's just crazy to just even think about that obviously that's not that's not the same person i i think there's a lot of and this is another problem i have there's a lot of like gotcha moments or you're busted right so every every few scenes like oh the tampons spill out 
or hey, you you sound like a girl. She gets kicked in the in the crotch. <laughs> Ow, my groin. Uh, she 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 gets hit with the ball, and she's like, oh oh yeah. Ow, it burns. I mean, every guy has been hit hit in the nethers at one point mm-hmm. or another in their life. Yeah. I don't think it's a burning sensation. It, it to me, it was never a burning sensation. So it it reminded me of that. Man, scene are we gonna like, tell him, Mark? Are we gonna tell. Him? All I'm saying is, I, I think there was enough there. there there's enough breadcrumb where you know she. They never see her showered, right? Whenever in they're in the same room, she's always wearing. She's always fully clothed. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, all the other guys shirtless. They're all shirtless at one point or another. I, I just think it falls apart too quickly, way too quickly. And another thing is that Amanda Bynes' character Viola. It's stupid to assume how she reacts around men and. It's almost as if she's never seen men before. Mm-hmm. You, you grew up with a brother. You know how men act. So when she's doing this whole, she's going way over the top with it, you know? And it's like, just, you know guys don't act that way. You know that. So sure. I, don't, I, I, I understand it's for comedy purposes. Like, oh, she's a fish out of water. She doesn't know how to act as a guy because she's a girl. Sure. But she goes really, really over the top with, with certain things, like the handshakes and how she talks about other women, which kind of enforces stereotypes in a way. Because right? even Channing Tatum's character went like, hey, why do you talk, to, uh, talk about women like that? That's kind of strange. And then like, the women are against each other. It, it kind of paints women in a weird light, I thought. And the main, the main point of this story kind of gets lost, right? The, the whole point is... She thinks that she can compete with men, right? In in mm-hmm. in soccer. So yep. she's like, "All right, I'm going to go to this other school. I'm going to show them I can do it." She doesn't do it. She makes second string, and then she has a guy teach her how to play soccer. It's like she completely forgets how to play soccer. Like, well, that that kind of destroys it, right? Because you're trying to prove, yeah, she like women can compete with the men, and I I think that's kind of a product of 2006, right? Because it's like, oh well, you know. They can play, but they still need men's help. Sure. Yeah, I, I can see that. The The thing I was thinking of was the reason she was probably put on second string was I think they were more going for that she didn't have the strength and, and stamina, maybe, because they show that one scene where they're doing push-ups, but she's, like, laid out on the ground. Right. Yeah, more proves- than her actual soccer talent. Mm-hmm. But either way, that's it still goes to your point. I, I think I think it was one of those things where... It was just the whole point of it. I think she just wanted to get back at that other school. So the the way you can say is that, you know, you know, having success in the game shows that she was right, that she could she was better than some of the guys on that team. But maybe she was just barely good enough to make this team or something like that. But that's thinking about it way too hard. It seemed like one of those movies, just like the other one she made at the time, like what a girl wants and stuff like that, that were just supposed to be comedy vehicles for her. Yeah. And didn't really work out as as you thought. I think I just figured out what I hate most about this movie was that it made me think too much. And <laughs> this movie's not made to be thought about, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a 2006 comedy. That that was the 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 time the, the time where no one thought about anything, really. <laughs> just, the, you do you do whatever. The the other problem is is they were trying to which is something 10 things I hate about you avoid it with Taming of the Shrew is that they were trying to pull too much or keep too much of Twelfth Night in, in there with the love triangle and all that, while also trying to make the soccer a big point, which the whole competition thing has nothing to do with, with the source material. So it was kind of trying to blend those two things and figuring out how to do it. And they sort of 
you know, would lose the thread on both instead of maybe just focusing on one. But yeah. that, that, that's where I think the, the main failing of the movie was. They don't even play a lot of soccer in this movie. No. For as big of a deal they make of it, they don't really. Yeah. yeah and, then, I... and then I have some issues with the soccer as well. <laughs> now, now I'm interested in that part. Because... Are you? I mean, obviously they're not gonna. They're not. You can't. You can't. Uh, you're gonna lose the American audience if you if you have too much soccer, guys. Well, I, I... Just because Mark likes soccer doesn't mean that <laughs> most people in America give a shit because they don't. Well, <laughs> There's I, too I much soccer down. in it for me, to be honest with you. I, I had written down this movie makes soccer even more boring. That's that's like, when they get to it. It's um, it's like they're running drills. I don't give a shit about well, drills. Well, everything up until the last game, until the only game is a practice. So yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> but it's like, it, it's like he he Channing Tatum is teaching her how to like turn her hips. I don't want to see that. Yeah, it's supposed to be them falling <laughs> in really love. Into the weeds in this one. <laughs> yeah. What's that? We're getting really in the weeds in this one. Yeah. Again, it's making me think way too much. It's making me think about soccer now. Mm. I did not have that problem. I thought it was a perfectly adequate movie that I won't really think much about after this or during it. Yeah, the last thing I have on this part um, is that I, I always find it fun, and maybe it's just me, when when Vinnie Jones plays this kind of character, where he still has the Vinnie Jones-esque stuff, but plays it for laughs more than being menacing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy the movies he's in when he does that, because I think he's actually really good at it. Yeah, no, I mean, he played Vinnie Jones and he like wipes the floor with everybody during the big fight scene at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know where I'm going with this on this episode. It's fine. I, yeah. I chuckled when her her brother all of a sudden, like <laughs> there was a, so you guys are complaining, like talking about like soccer doesn't look great. Dan wor- is worrying about the fact that soccer is being used with drills. My thing was like, my d- suspension of disbelief was like Channing Tatum can't talk to girls. Really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> down. That's ridiculous. And then at the end is like, well, what makes her brother like play in the game? Right. I like, I know, I know in the movie there's, there's the, the, the skip ahead logic of like, Oh, well that girl that made out with me out of nowhere mentioned a game. So this must be the game she's talking about. Well, he should be like, well, I am wholly unprepared for this game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sneak away. <laughs> yes, I, I, I had that written down too. I, so he didn't have to go to the game. Yeah, yeah, he's got no loyalty to it. He's right. He doesn't seem like he gives a shit about anything except for his band. Like, imagine if someone from a, a sports team showed up at your door tomorrow. Hey, hey, man, why aren't you at the football game? Because I don't play football. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, like oh shit, I better get to Citizens Bank Park. Yeah. It's like man, baseball, your but... fifth, your fifth string on the Jets starting QB and forced four went down. It's you're up. <laughs> right. Oh shit. Yeah. The the whole the the really thin thread holding all that together is that the girl mentioned the game after kissing him, and so when they mentioned a game, he's like, oh, that must be the game. It could have been any other game. Yeah. And why does Sebastian, the real Sebastian, why does he break up with Monique? Does he do it earlier in the movie? There is really technically no reason. Right. Uh, Viola says he should break up with her because she's a bitch in the beginning. Yeah. And then he goes off to London and he's just like, well, she's hot. She probably fucks good. I mean, it's PG. <laughs> this is like a PG-13 movie, though, so they probably couldn't say that. And then when he's in London and he calls 
Viola. He's like, you're right. I am going to break up with Monique. And it's that's so it. dumb. Yeah. And again, enforcing a very bad stereotype, right? Like, oh, he's just in it to get laid. Mm-hmm. That's it. <sighs> again, I shouldn't be, I should not be thinking this much about She's the Man. I expected this to just be a boring movie where I wouldn't be annoyed. But here we are. Yeah. Sounds like a you problem, me, man. It is. Oh, <laughs> you're doing your best uh, Amanda Bynes impersonation there. <laughs> a little southern? Yeah, it, like she has a southern accent, she has an Indian accent, she has a Jamaican accent at one point. <laughs> God, it. the more I think about it, the more idiotic these other guys are. <laughs> How do you not realize the person talking to you in these different tones of voices? Like, there's something wrong with this person. Right. Maybe they're like, well, maybe they're super PC for 2006. And it was like, well, I'm not going to say anything. Right. It's like, yeah, it bro, be. you got to you got to check your your binary mindset, man. At the door. Yeah, yeah it could be. Yeah. <sighs> maybe those are conversations that we don't see, like between his his like two but two, two buddies. Yeah. It's like, well, they're, they're usually too busy getting dunked on, apparently. Yeah. Like maybe they have a conversation of pronouns and like the director's cut. It's like, dude, you just used her dead name. I don't think that was a thing back in 2006. I, yeah. Pronouns were still just something you learned in like English class. I'm just like, all right, well, underline the pronouns, and that yeah, you know, that was kind of it most of, most of the time. I think maybe, but I would watch that. I would watch those deleted scenes where those guys are super woke. <laughs> I wanted to watch more about the kid in the kissing line, like the, the the little kid. I wanted to see more of him, more of him. This is the first time I've ever been like super creeped out about the idea of a kissing booth. Yep. Because it's not supposed to be that way it's portrayed, I think. I hope it's not really a thing. Like, I've never encountered a, a place where kissing booth is an actual thing. I'm hoping it's just like a, a conceit made up by Hollywood writers. Because these girls are underage, <laughs> first of all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're in high school, right? Yeah. They're, I, she's 16. Like, debutante balls are usually for like 16-year-olds, like right? I think, Ooh, from yeah, what I understand right. about Southern aristocracy. For yeah. I couldn't tell you to be honest. Yeah, that um, that old guy with the chewing gum definitely knows the age of consent in the state <laughs> right. they're in. <laughs> yeah, that it is creepy. Yeah, I don't think it's. I I don't think that's how it goes. To I, be my I assumption would be that kissing booths, if they exist, and let us know on Twitter if they do, is that it would be more kissing on the cheek, if anything. Sure. You know, than how it's portrayed here. For I, I'm assuming laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even even Olivia, she's got to make out with the the nerdy guy. I mean, Channing Tatum, you get away with it because he's Channing Tatum. Even I would make out with Channing Tatum and kissing group. Yeah, but and apparently the uh, the old guy got back into line. If if you you know, yeah, he got another ticket. Yeah, right, because she knew what was up. What she knew what his game was. Yeah, yeah. Now was he chew? Was he chewing tobacco? Because that was the line. Was that he was not chewing gum? I wonder if it was his gums or like his fake teeth or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because I, I think nowadays if there's a kissing booth, it might be with like dogs, right? Like you get you get a lick from a dog. Oh, so you get weirder people on that one. I guess. But, you know, it's like it's not like people are tonguing the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they would hope that that's not what happens. Uh, but I don't trust the, I don't trust humans. Yeah, there's some strange people in the world. But I, <laughs> I would hope it's just basically you go up and it's just like, lick you on the cheek and like, oh, it's adorable but yeah. you could be right <laughs> i wouldn't put it past people 
So she's the man from 2006, directed by Andy Fickman, who directed The Game Plan, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, Race to Witch Mountain, You Again, based on William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. It stars Amanda Bynes, Laura Ramsey, Channing Tatum, Vinnie Jones, David Cross, Julie Haggerty, Robert Hoffman, Alexandra Breckenridge, Jonathan Sadowski, Amanda Crew, and Jessica Lucas. It's an IMDb score of 6.3 and a Rotten Tomato score of 44%. Budget, $20 million. Box office, U.S. made $33 million. You guys want to get into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Real quick, when you yep. were naming the, the list of movies that the director directed, it sounded like you said Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, Race to Witch Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that sounds fucking dope. <laughs> Dan, what do you got for us this week? Okay, guys. Just want to give a quick shout out to our good friends, Tia and Brittany, and their podcast, The Top 10 with Tia, weekly podcast where Tia and Brittany uh, go down top 10 lists. Uh, go check them out there at Geek Vibes Nation. And you could follow Tia on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. Great. And we are going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. <laughs> We're shaking cats and kittens. This is Rob Lee from Mastermind Team's Robcast. I am the Rob in Robcast, the Silver Linings Playboy, the American Wave, the Midnight Snack Rob Lee. Get it straight. For all of you guys out there listening, we do a podcast. Me and my uh, silent partner here. Yep, Torn, you know. Uh-huh. Probably the cool one out of the group, but you know. I, I don't know. Is. I don't know if that's accurate. I have to be. Say, say more about this. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's just like, get yourself over as the cool guy. I'm the cool guy. Look, Listen to my voice. That's it. You're as cool. Mm. Just, you're you're Kawhi Leonard. You're the Kawhi Leonard of this oh, podcast. Oh, shit. I'm a fun guy. I'm a cool guy. <laughs> so listen to us every week. We cover weird news, pop culture, entertainment. The cool guy, Torn, don't call me Tron, Tron, and me, Rob Lee, the King Snake, uh, the Thoughts of Doom the man with wandered in one aliases and we're on every week on mtr podcast and that is mtrthenetwork.com that is on apple spotify everywhere podcasts are found those gonna be mtr podcasts look for us on youtube and check us out on the instagram account and facebook both at mtr podcast check us out every tuesday new episodes are dropping subscribe today And welcome back. Now it's time to get into the plot for She's the Man. We open on one of the most seizure-inducing credit scenes I've seen in a long time, including handheld footage of soccer and graphics assaulting the eyes. I really had a hard time focusing on this entire credit sequence. It was bothering me. Yeah, it, it was very, very like mid two thousands. That that arts thing of like quick cutting and quick cutting and splashes of color and things like yeah. that. It was terrible. It was awful. Oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's party on the beach with a bunch of kids playing soccer, which really cuts the end with Amanda Bynes, Viola, and her boyfriend Justin laying on a blanket on the beach making out, and him almost bumping her in the head at least twice, which I can't imagine was in the yep. script. He compliments her soccer playing abilities, saying she's better than half the guys on his team. She tells him that he's gotten a lot better at kissing. About oh, the same, boy. I guess. <laughs> same, same amount of talent goes into each. Yep. We then cut 
uh, we then cut to Viola and her friends getting ready to start soccer practice, only to find out that the team has been completely cut due to not being able to field a full team. And they find out by having their field taken over by the lacrosse team, because I guess no coach was there to give them a heads up. Viola and her I also team. Don't, I don't think that would happen. Right? Soccer's too popular in school. And how many people do you need to field a soccer team? Right. I, I feel like every every high school has a soccer team, right? I think at the very least, it's one of the more popular girl sports. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. The the principal or someone would have let them know, like, hey, ladies, don't bother suiting up. Yeah. And let's be honest. This is a predominantly white high school. So they're going to have no problem funding a, a soccer team. Sure. You know, it's always like in Bring It On when there's like, we don't have a cheer school. We don't have a gymnastics team. It's like, nah. That school would totally have gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the mothers would want their daughters to do that. So yeah. <laughs> so Viola and her team go up to the boys' soccer coach and asks him to let them try out or join the boys' team, and he proceeds to laugh them off the field. Even Viola's boyfriend scoffs at the idea, even after he told her that she's better than half the team. So she in turn dumps his misogynist ass in the first assault on the patriarchy. Hashtag girl boss. Yeah. Viola goes home with her sad hoodie on and baseball cap, and her brother's girlfriend, Monique, mistakes her for her brother, Sebastian, thus setting up the whole conceit of the film. And we're also supposed to hate me, Monique, just so you know. Yeah, that wasn't obvious. It took me a while. Yeah. (laughs) Monique tells Viola to tell Sebastian that if he wants Monique to stay in his life, he'll stop avoiding her. So Viola walks through the front door and is accosted by her mom with debutante ball gowns because her mom is that kind of person and Viola is all about soccer. Viola doesn't want to talk about it because the soccer team is no more and she broke up with Justin. Then her mom creams her goddamn pants thinking about Justin, who is probably underage. (laughs) I just kept I kept thinking, like, is Brazzers going to flash across the, uh, the, the screen here at one point? She's like, oh, well, maybe. Brazzers. Yeah, and, and to be equal opportunity, she probably knows the age of consent in that state. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's probably 17, right? Yeah. 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 You you have a you have a high percentage shot if it's 17 to be um, you know, than anybody like 14, 15, you know, not being so creepy to an audience in the mid two thousands. Yeah. And then we meet Sebastian who is sneaking out of the house in order to go to London with his band. He just got kicked out of one school and was going to start at another school in two weeks. And this is important. No one at his new school knows exactly what he looks like. So Viola gets an idea. She enlists the help of her gay best friend to turn her into her brother. So she can go to his new school posing as him, join the boys soccer team and beat her boyfriend's team. And montage of her having a let's turn me into a boy makeover. Complete with trying to learn to walk and trying on mustaches. <laughs> then eventually we which cut to... The- yeah, I was going to say, which the facial hair is just meant for this scene. Outside of the sideburns, it never comes back. It's just for jokes. Just, just for, for jokes. jokes. So we cut to her packing up to leave for school. She lies to her mom, telling her that she's going to stay with her dad for two weeks so that she can learn how to be a debutante type girl from Monique, because Sebastian is also allegedly supposed to be staying with her dad. And then her gay best friend takes her to the school. And at first she's nervous because everyone thinks they, she thinks everyone can tell. But she does a bad southern accent and a strut and gets her confidence. So she goes to her dorm and meets Duke, Channing Tatum, and a couple of other guys from the soccer team. And they immediately think... So 
throughout this whole thing, I couldn't tell I couldn't tell if I was supposed to be writing uh, my notes as if it's Viola or Sebastian. So I am going to flip pronouns and names throughout the rest of this. Oh, man, the binds. <laughs> and they immediately think he's weird. Sebastian, a.k.a. Viola. And then she goes to unpack her stuff and her tampons go flying out of her bag. And she says they used for nosebleeds. And they think she's really weird at this point. And then soccer practice where we meet the coach played by Vinnie Jones and practices shirt versus skin. So Viola gets out of being a skin by saying she has a sun allergy. And then we get a soccer practice montage. And after the montage, Sebastian, quote, the quote unquote Sebastian gets put on second string. After practice, they go to the locker room and Viola starts freaking out by having to hit the showers. And in the nick of time, she's called down to the headmaster's office. She goes to the headmaster's office and she meets the headmaster, David Cross. She thinks he's being called because she's fig- been figured out. But really, he just wants to talk about how hard it could be to be a transfer student and how he could help Sebastian. Yeah, David Cross, I couldn't tell if he was having a ton of fun with this or was just hating it and just overdoing it because of that. Yeah. I don't know. David Cross is also in like an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie, at least one of them. Yeah. So it's like, man... You kind of think he comes off as like such an alt comic and then he's just, yeah, man, sell out. Yeah, <laughs> kind of sells out as much as he can. Gotta pay the I, bills. I have a weird thing for David Cross because he looks like me. <laughs> okay. So, especially in this movie, right? he, he's got the glasses, bald beard. I'm like, man, you felt seen when that the I, whole conversation about being uh, getting male pattern baldness. The male pattern baldness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, man, that, he's talking that to me. That one hit too close to home. <laughs> so you're you one David of the Cross. <laughs> you're like, I wish I had a David Cross in my high school. <laughs> to, to, to help me figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know what to think about David Cross. He he's he is a funny he's a funny comedian. But yeah, then he does these movies and like, what are you like? What are you? Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of comedian are you? Yeah, it's like when Lewis Black shows up and accepts it. Right. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> so Brett Sebastian. Sorry. Well, Good. I said rent was due. That's why they were in this. Yeah. I mean, like, look, we've always said that we're ready to sell out. So yeah. we're not hating. We respect respect the hustle, but also questioning the hustle from people well, that seem like they're that see people that act like they're above it. Let's just say this moved him to a bigger <laughs> house. <laughs> Here you go. Quote unquote Sebastian <laughs> leaves and literally runs into Olivia. And Quote unquote, Sebastian almost blows it by complimenting Olivia's shoes and letting her girl slip. So Viola goes to lunch and sits down with Duke and the other guys. And she talks about how she can't wait to play her old team because Justin was a real jerk to her sister, a.k.a. her. And then we learn Duke has a crush on Olivia, but he's too afraid to talk to her. This is Channing Tatum we're talking about. And that Olivia has a sniveling Ben Shapiro type Malcolm following her around like a puppy dog. <laughs> That's and a this... perfect description for him. And this lunch scene is brought to you by Pepsi and rolled gold pretzels. Yeah, my, uh, the, the craziest part about the, you mentioned old Channing Tatum thing that apparently he seems to be like the big man on campus too. Yeah. And it just, I, I guess for the idea of the love triangle to, um, occur, um, which again is, you know, the same thing happens in, in the play, if I remember correctly, where he sort of pushes the Viola character to sort of help him out with the girl. And you you can't have both a big man on campus and also need help talking to the girl. Yeah. It kind of doesn't jive. And that, that was one of my points earlier about they were trying to make two different movies here. Um, and, and it just doesn't work completely. Sure. 
Yeah, I think the the casting of Channing Tatum makes that difficult. Yeah, because he's just so handsome. Yeah, it's, it, it it it's hard sometimes. Being that handsome. And if if I didn't know what his character's name was, I would have picked Duke. <laughs> yeah. he, well, he plays, plays Duke. He plays Duke in the GI Joe movie. Yeah, yeah. He's being typecast as Duke. <laughs> So, quote-unquote, Sebastian tries to go take a shower at the dorms, but realizes it's an open shower, and Malcolm and Duke walk in, so she has to exit without taking a shower. Then she has a dream where she plays soccer in a debutante gown. But is then interrupted by the soccer team throwing water on her and dragging her out of bed to participate in a hazing ritual. She gets taken to the showers, and they're forcing all the new teammates to strip. This is 2006, when hazing was hilarious and not assault. But she manages to sneak out and pull the fire alarm, putting an end to the hazing. So Viola calls her friend Paul and tells him she wants to give up. But he says he has an idea on how to help her help with getting her roommates to like her. So she goes to a bar slash restaurant and Paul has set it up so that Viola's friends Kia and Yvonne are going to come up to her and pretend that they are Sebastian's old girlfriends that he dumped because they weren't enough woman for him in front of Duke and the other two guys. And it works like a charm. Until Monique shows up and starts chasing around Sebastian, and Viola Bastion has to cover her face so Monique doesn't recognize her and breaks up with her until Monique storms out. Next day in chemistry class, Viola gets assigned to Olivia as science partners, much to the chagrin of both Malcolm and Duke. Duke. Yeah, and of course, in a uh, yeah. common trope of these movies, you know, Duke gets the nerdiest girl in class with him. Mm-hmm. Eunice, who has headgear. After class, Duke stained with steel. Yeah, that's right. After class, Duke asks Sebastian to help him with Olivia, and in return, Duke is going to help Sebastian with his soccer. So montage of soccer learning. Then while on the phone with actual Sebastian, Viola fusses with her wig, and the headmaster sees it and thinks that Sebastian is wearing a wig because he is losing his hair, so he has a heart-to-heart about being a bald man. Then later on, eventually in science class, Sebastian convinces Olivia to consider going out with Duke. So Sebastian tells Duke and tries to help him talk to girls by role-playing as one. Again, this is Chatting Tatum we're talking about. And they both get a little bit too close for comfort, and they both freak out about a tarantula. And they realize they both have to go to some carnival that their moms are running for charity. So the next scene is Viola and Duke going to the carnival. And Viola has a conundrum. She has to play as both Viola and Sebastian while trying to avoid Monique and her ex-boyfriend. And Olivia is also there running the kissing booth, which I guess I never actually thought about. But it's an extremely creepy concept, and I hope it's something just for movies and not something people force underage girls to participate in. Eventually, I'm sorry to interrupt. I thought this scene was kind of pointless in that she was changing constantly. uh, Because it's really the mother who's looking for Sebastian, right? Um, The mother's looking for both of them. Yeah, so she shows up. Viola shows up. And that's really the only time she runs into her mom. Because then she's like, where's your brother? He's late. Like, oh, let me go find him. And then she goes to change in front of underage kids in a bouncy castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she doesn't see her mom until the end of the carnival. Yeah. So it was kind of just like, oh, look at this Mrs. Doubtfire moment, right? Where mm-hmm. she, where uh, Robin Williams has to change back and forth as Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Like, eh, kind of, like, I get what they were going for. I just, I don't think they pulled it off. Gotcha. Yeah. I think it's hard to even believe that Sebastian would even go to it. Right. Yeah, this isn't his scene. Right. Eventually, it culminates in Viola as Viola taking over for Olivia at the kissing booth just as Duke is about to go. And then Viola and Duke have an epic makeout sesh in front of everyone, but then Justin shows up and decides he needs to fight Duke. So they do in the middle of the carnival with Viola trying to break it up. 
Eventually, the two of them get kicked out of the carnival. So Viola goes back to the dorm as Sebastian and finds Duke with a tampon up his nose, plug up his nosebleed. And then Viola realizes that Duke is more sensitive than his exterior persona would let on. And this marks the first of two instances in his career where Channing Tatum uses a feminine hygiene product to stop bleeding. There you go. And we covered the other one. Did we? Yeah, oh, he uses is that a pad Jupiter in Jupiter Ascending. Ascending. Yeah. I, I don't remember anything from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say... gives up on it right away. I was going to say... I was going to guess 21 Jump Street, and then you said we covered it. I was like, oh... Then I don't know. I forgot that we covered. I, I forgot we covered a Channing Tatum movie. One hundred percent. Oh, me too. I, I, yeah. So he he's making a, a second appearance on yeah. DC Tam. Yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, Channing. Yeah, you yes. kind of derailed me there, Mark. I completely forgot that we did that entire <laughs> episode. What is it about Channing Tatum movies where like my notes are just shit? That one I read straight from Wikipedia, and I thought about doing it again here. But <laughs> did we did we just find out he's kind of boring? Yeah, I like him in comedies. And here, the scene where he gets really mad in this, he's actually he's showing like pretty good chops. I thought it he was gonna, mad. I think he's gonna haul off and punch Amanda Vines right in the fucking face. <laughs> that would have been an interesting dynamic. Yeah, like just destroy her like he destroys that uh, mirror in the Foxcatcher. And because now, like that would have been such that, a good scene. <laughs> Maybe not like haul off and Decker. But like, what about like a push? Just like a shove, you know? And then when you find out, you know, uh, Viola is, you know, Viola, it's like, oh shit, like, I pushed a woman. I raised hands to a woman. Now I'm, I'm distraught and I have all this self-guilt and I, I have to stop playing soccer. And then his life just takes a huge swan dive. <laughs> It'd be a very different movie. Yes. <laughs> it would be, but it would be so much better. Uh, yeah. Uh, then, uh, where are we? And then they have a heart-to-heart at Duke and Sebastian. And then soccer montage. At the gym, Sebastian gets for a string and tries to convince Duke to call Viola for a date. Meanwhile, Olivia is convinced to try and make Sebastian jealous by coming on to Duke. They wind up going on a double date. Sebastian takes Eunice, who starts getting super grabby. And Olivia starts making out with Duke at the table in order to get Sebastian jealous. It works, but not how Olivia thinks, and Sebastian decides to leave. Viola goes to debutante training, and both Olivia and Monique are there, and Viola stares daggers at Olivia and eats like a maniac. Viola follows Olivia to the bathroom, where she tries to badmouth Duke, but then Olivia admits that she's just trying to get close to Duke in order to make Sebastian jealous. And Olivia vows to kiss Sebastian the next time she sees him. And then Monique shows up and tries to fight Olivia. And then, meanwhile, Malcolm figures out that Sebastian is really a girl, tells the headmaster, and they both catch Viola as Sebastian talking to her mom about dresses. The real Sebastian gets out of a cab and arrives at the school, and Olivia runs up and kisses him and tells him he'll see him at the, she'll see him at the game. And Duke sees this all. With meanwhile, his motorcycle and his cool motorcycle jacket. Yeah, like, you're really having trouble with chicks. You're riding around <laughs> on a motorcycle with a Ducati jacket. In in my experience... Yeah? You got a lot in, of experience with Ducatis? Oh, so, so much. Now, in uh, high school... Question. Yes. Is, in my experience, replacing another uh, phrase? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> you know? No, no, this is, this is legitimately in my experience. Uh, in, in high school... All of the all of the guys that I knew who were, you know, they, they were they were good looking guys. They never had any issues talking to people. Just not even women. 
just and guys like they could just talk to everybody they just knew how to because they were so goddamn charming and are we to believe that channing tatum is not charming yeah i mean that's the that's the that's the most unbelievable thing in this movie yeah that he just doesn't come with the natural charisma that comes with being super attractive exactly and he could have easily been one of those guys who just kind of peaked in high school but Mm -hmm. i mean obviously we don't know what happens afterwards but it's it it would make to me it's a character flaw to have him be so stumbly bumbly around Mm -hmm. women i mean it's if anything it's going to be the opposite right it's going to be the women are kind of stumbling their words around him because he's so attractive like how uh viola kind of stumbles around him mm-hmm. that, that's more along the lines of what happens in real life usually but, yeah. but olivia she's uh she she's taken the bull by the horns in that relationship she's very strong she's very domineering yep which is good you know listen yeah some, some guys like that yeah i wasn't sure this it seemed like this movie wasn't sure what we were supposed to think of her because at some point like viola hates her at moments in this movie yeah and well, she, she kind of takes a heel turn viola yeah. right i guess so yeah because she cock blocks channing tatum yeah she does she's selfish very much selfish yeah and because she she was she's gotten in with channing tatum she knows that duke lo- you know like i want i like this girl like there's something about her man like okay well you know i'm gonna get the skinny on it and then i'm gonna turn around and fuck you with it yep yeah Meanwhile, Monique goes home and plays her answering machine, which has a message from the real Sebastian saying he was in London. Viola goes back to the dorm as Sebastian gets into a fight with Duke over kissing Olivia. Uh, Well, that was a weird sentence to read. But Viola didn't kiss Olivia. It was the real Sebastian. And Duke kicks kicks Viola out of the room. Man, it's really tough to write the notes for this one. It's Um, like an Inception level. Yeah, I'm using different pronouns for different characters and vice versa. So Monique shows up to the dorm demanding to see Sebastian. Duke tells her he's not there and gives her his cell phone. It rings and Monique answers it and realizes it's Viola's phone. Then Malcolm introduces himself to Monique and explains his theory. So real Sebastian sneaks into the dorm room late at night and goes to sleep. Meanwhile, Viola goes to spend the night at Eunice's. In the morning, real Sebastian, for some reason, thinks it's a good idea to go for him to play soccer. Meanwhile, Viola oversleeps and is late to the game as Sebastian. Malcolm and Monique go to the headmaster with their findings, and then the game starts, and Sebastian is terrible at soccer. That is one of the things that made me laugh, was just how awful he was. Yeah, they they got the right amount of terrible. Yeah, and then their parents are invited to the game by the headmaster. Eventually, the headmaster stops the game in the middle of the game to try and expose Sebastian as a girl, but it's the real Sebastian, and he's forced to show his dick to the whole crowd in order to prove he is a man. He's also probably underage. Yeah, the, the headmaster's getting fired. 100% certain about <laughs> One, that. Yes. But then the game goes on, and at halftime, Sebastian and Viola switch places, and she jumps into the game for him. Meanwhile, Duke is still holding a grudge against Sebastian slash Olivia. Uh, not Olivia, uh, Viola. And winds up giving up the lead because of his selfish play. To the point where they get into a fight in the middle of the field, which causes a fight between both teams until Vinnie Jones single-handedly pulls everyone off of each other. Then Viola... As Sebastian confesses that she is in love with Duke and that Sebastian is actually a Viola and she has to flash everyone to prove it. And what was that? Underage flashing. Yes, that's correct. And then Vinnie Jones is perfectly okay with Viola still playing for them just to shove it in the other coach's face. The game continues and Viola never puts her hair up for some reason, which bothers me. And the (laughs) 
game is decided on a penalty kick, and the movie turns into Shaolin soccer at some point, and Viola puts the game-winning goal in. Now, not to nitpick here, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the goalie and... uh, So the the ex-boyfriend and Duke starting a brawl would lead to ejections, correct? Yeah. Mark, this you, this you was one of this better. was one of two things that were absolutely wrong with it. But um, the other thing was that once someone goes to the bench in soccer, they can't come off the bench. So oh, so know. once Sebastian was sent, yeah. and and yeah. that's the, and also Sebastian is late, right? No. The, the, the the well, Viola is late. So Sebastian's on time. Viola's yeah. late. Viola's late. So usually, and even in like pro sports, if a player shows up late to the game. There's no way they're seeing the field. But Sebastian, but she's not playing as Olivia. She's playing as Sebastian. Sebastian was on time. Or okay. Hastings. Hastings was on time. So, But at the same time, once she reveals herself, I guess at that point it really doesn't matter, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like, you lied to me. Why would I play you? Because he's got another pride thing going on. He wants to win just as much. And he also wants so. to prove that he didn't make a mistake putting her on first team. Yeah. So it's more of a, of a uh, pride thing than yeah. a principle. Okay. And I think he kind of wants to beat the other team with a girl too. Just to really stick it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But man, that so could have backfired. The... <laughs> right? If they lose, like, damn, dude, bad, bad play. Well, well, he could be he could be a hero for uh, feminism everywhere, though. Sure. Absolutely. It, it, it could have gone both ways, but obviously we know how it goes. Actually, I don't because I stopped like, 10 minutes before the movie. <laughs> Yes, you did. Um, so they win the game, but Duke is still upset with Viola and he storms off. And then they go to the debutante ball. Viola sends an invite to Duke to the debutante ball. And they, she goes. And Sebastian escorts Olivia and Monique gets escorted by Justin. And Paul shows up to escort Viola because Duke hasn't shown up yet. <clears throat> but she goes out to get some air and then Duke shows up at the last second to take her to the ball and escort her. And then other things happen. And more or less, that's the end of the movie. Because I didn't get to watch it a second time all the way through. That's where I left off. And that's the end of She's the Man. We got through it pretty quick. Um, it's a perfectly yeah. fine movie. It's, yeah. I don't know if it 100% holds up after 15 years. But it's it works. I didn't mind it. Yeah. And the one, the one cool fact, or not cool fact, but a fact that I didn't know going in was that legitimately easy a was amanda bynes last like, that's her last credit i saw that that's like shocking and kind of yeah. sad yeah that, was, that movie was actually pretty good yeah 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 like it's just a hard cut <clears throat> yeah yeah you know i don't know what you guys see in this movie it's it's not even like a movie that i'm gonna ever watch again it's just like all yeah. right it's a movie i saw i could put I it did- I could I didn't check it off the it, list it, and move it'll on. go right in the place in your brain as jupiter ascending went <laughs> which is it went out the other end yeah <laughs> yeah i bring it up in three months and you're like we watch she's the man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're some people in boston who love jupiter ascending it's uh better than guardians of the galaxy to some people yeah. um god yeah i, I mean I, I mean bravo mark for remembering a yeah. <laughs> minuscule plot point to jupiter ascending because that's a good point because that had no bearing on i have a plot. feeling we might need to go back and check the tape, but I think one of you make a joke about it because it was like in the trivia or something for Jupiter Ascending. You know what? I'm never not, I'm not even going to go back and, watch, and listen to our episode on Jupiter Ascending. That's yeah. how 
that's how much I've I've moved on in my life yeah. from Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. So. But it wasn't like it wasn't me remembering it from the movie. It, it was remembering it from us talking about it. Yeah. Not here nor there, but um. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Sorry, I don't remember it. Uh, we have <laughs> watched a hundred. We I said. I mean, oh, we've like, watched 152 episodes. I'm allowed to f- forget one of the movies that we've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm because that's all. That, that's one I only watched once, so that doesn't help. Um, if, if it makes you guys feel better, I forget every episode. <laughs> so you guys Dan, have a way better track record than I do. Yeah, Dan's like in a in a loop that uh, that he forgets <laughs> everything. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I, I, my memory is shit to begin with, so. I can't force, I can't cram 152 episodes into my brain because then I'll forget like how to breathe and that'll be a problem. How many do you think you got in yet? Like 20? Not even close. <laughs> uh, maybe it's the weird ones like the Russian Avengers one I remember. Uh, <laughs> there's that. And now that I'm on the, like I'm under the gun, I can't even think of another one. Which movie did we cover last week? Uh, hold on. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I can't remember. What did we cover? Uh, Patience Revenge, Stockholm and Doctor. Jesus, I should remember that because I actually like that movie. <laughs> yeah, I, and it, it doesn't help that I, I hate the sound of my own voice, so I don't listen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like embarrassed of myself. So I, I have other people who will tell me, oh, you know, like we listen, I, I listen to that. It's really good. Or, I, you know, I, I listen to your catalog. Uh, and like we have fans that that listen to this and they they enjoy it, but man, I just I am so embarrassed by myself. I can't do it. I just can't. Mm. Well, you know what I always say is that um, your voice is only new to you. Everybody else hears it. Like, and, and that that's how you kind of yeah uh, you get through it. Yeah, I mean, like I've had I have to listen to because I ed- edit this show, but it's just like mm. my voice is nothing new to anybody else. Anybody that's ever met me knows what my voice sounds like. It's only new to me, so it's not like you know. Sound like they can hide from it. So yeah, I I just have to get over my own self consciousness. Shit your pants and take a swim, man. Shit your pants, (laughs) take a swim. Uh, you guys want to plug your shit? Yeah, at the Aquino one twenty two at Stranger Damies. New episodes are uh, every other Wednesday. So check the Twitter to see when that's going up. And yeah, that's it for me. So as Dan mentioned, the uh, Stranger Damies are every other Wednesday. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. Um. And then on Mondays, every other Monday, we do the Game Vault podcast. They sort of alternate weeks. So this week was a, if you're watching this when it airs, um, this week was a Game Vault pod. Next week is Stranger Damies and so on and so forth. Um, You can follow Game Vault pod um, anywhere on social medias. We made it very simple. It's Game Vault pod. Um, And then we also stream on Twitch um, three nights a week on twitch.tv slash Game Vault pod. Um, we do, uh, retro Mondays, multiplayer Wednesdays and co-op Thursdays. Uh, so a little mixed variety for anyone out there, um, that may be interested. Um, be sure to look out. It may already be on the Twitter if you're listening to this a little later than usual. Um, but we're going to be having an announcement of our date and time for the, um, uh, extra life campaign that we do to raise money for the children's hospital of Philadelphia, um, over at twitch.tv slash pod. Um, so be on the lookout for that. It should be on all of our social medias. Um, so no matter which one you follow, um, you will definitely either see a retweet or an actual tweet um, letting you know when and where to show up. And um, any little ideas and things that may be going on uh, throughout that broadcast. Real quick. Okay. Yeah. 
I don't know if this if this is should be mentioned at all, but we're gonna be at New York Comic Con next week. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you'll know what we look like or if you, if anyone who listens will be there. But I th- I don't think there would be anything that would make my my life better or like would make me happier than having someone talk to us like a complete stranger at Comic Con. Like, yeah, hey, you know. I, I know you guys. I, I think I would die a happy man. Like that not even my first child's birth would be better than that. <laughs> well, you heard it I, here first. If you're gonna be at Comic Con and you want Dan to finally go through with killing himself so he could die a happy man, <laughs> say that you listen to the show and that you like it. Or I, I think you just really have to talk to him, it sounds like. Um Yeah, I, it doesn't even matter. If you come up like, hey, you guys are from uh, they call this movie, right? You suck. Like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Go jump off the Javits Center now. <laughs> Bye. Yep, yeah, I'll, I'll take a swim in the Hudson, and I'll, I'll never come back. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are They Called This Movie. You can find us on Spreaker and wherever you get your podcast, just by searching They Called This Movie. So that's Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your pods, you can find us there. We are the mainDamage.com. It's our main website. We are about to. We are a couple of days away from uh 31 days of horror actually i think when this goes up it'll be the next day so we're gonna be very busy this this month we are going to be starting to do articles every day for 31 days fingers crossed of new movie reviews uh so check that out it's the main damie.com and we're going to post all about it on all our socials which just also so happens to be at the main damie so that's facebook twitter instagram check out at the main damie and we will pop right up we're also a member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps at Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, so that's, once again, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, they'll be there. Geek Vibes Nation, tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, surely there's a show for you. We're on TikTok. You can find us on They Called This Movie on TikTok where we uh, show some short clips from our shows. And uh, yeah. So show show us some love on TikTok by searching They Call This Movie and following us. Uh, if you got any time, go on your po- podcatcher of choice and give us a five-star review. It would really help us out, get noticed. And uh, yeah, if you got any questions, comments, you want to recommend a movie to us, hit us up at themaindamey at gmail.com. It's all the places to get a hold of us. And that's going to wrap it up this week. Uh, the movie this week was She's the Man, directed by Andy Fickman. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Davecchio telling Andy Fickman, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.